It's been a while. I don't even know how long, because every day for the last forever long this has been for me has blended together. Yeah, I get an email every day from an organization called The Morning Brew, uh-huh. which is, okay. as you might uh, read between the lines, is very much to be enjoyed over coffee. And it's a summary of news and business Oh, is this like markets. the 15-minute news catch-up kind of thing? Yeah, and it, it comes to my inbox every day, and I read it every day because it's very interesting and very insightful. So go yeah. sign up to it. And every Thursday... We're not a sponsor. Do, Don't tell people to do that yet. They do a fun little thing called Three Truths and a Lie. Okay. And they have four headlines from the past week, and you have to figure out which one is fake. And obviously, every single week, I get the I choose the wrong one. <laughs> but they're also ridiculous. You think surely that's not the case? Oh no! However, I yeah, it, it just as you were saying there, every single week it seems like I'm reading the three truths and a lie. Just just a few days ago, it's and suddenly it's thing. Thursday again. Yeah. And here we are. It's nearly November. So no, yeah, yeah. I can only I I was gonna say I can only apologize, but uh, well, no, usually I, my response to that is no. You could do much more than apologize, but look, life happens. We could record three episodes this week to make up for it. <laughs> three, three in a row, <laughs> every day. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's three days of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. That is true. There are. I mean, it certainly feels like that in the moment. I think what I think what happens. Well, to, for me to, to for me to do my apology is I happen to have my one time of the three years where I'm super busy at the same time as you kind of did at the same time as yeah. again the world kind of did but it's been doing its busy thing for a while now it has I actually was reading about this someone has coined it a poly crisis okay which is when there are multiple bad things happening at the same time okay but some of the pushback to that was well when is it not there's just that? more yeah right right but also there's just more stuff. And more people. There's more people. More heightened <laughs> yeah. awareness of these things you, than in the past. There used to be like only one billion people. How dramatic can that be? And, and also things like I imagine what's going on with Syria and Yemen oh, is still going on, and these wars that are happening yeah. in Africa still going on. Yeah. But we just don't hear about those. We don't care. It's only when it becomes more I don't know attractive to talk about in the media that we hear more of it, which is why. We will spend some chunk of this episode talking about Israel and what's been happening over the last, what, three weeks? Okay, uh, Discord just like decided to stop working for a bit there. Do not nice, download Discord. Nice. Not worth it. We're not sponsored. Okay. Uh, so I was just saying, yeah, so we're going to spend a long time talking about things like Israel because that happened in the last three weeks. Has it been, how long has it been? So I think it was the start of October, maybe October 7. Oh, I froze That again. Hamas launched their first attack into... I mean, we're starting the new section way too early. Come on, this is usually the light and friendly bit. Oh, yeah, let's do the friendly stuff. I'm freezing again. I don't even know what's happening. Yeah, your Discord is... <laughs> I cannot explain how cursed <laughs> I have been. Yeah, can we also just say at this point, because this is going to be too much for me to edit if I have to take out every single time your computer breaks. What happened today? I woke up and Windows decided it was 11 now. That was it. I didn't say you can be 11 now. Windows are just like, I'm 11 now. And everything's broken. Surely you have to like... Do not update to Windows 11. We're not sponsored. It's not worth it. Surely you have to have clicked accept for that to happen. I mean, I must have, but I don't remember doing it. I must Maybe it happened while I was shutting down and it was like, install updates. I was like, sure. (laughs) Updates. I like those. Mm. Not to 11 though. I've been constantly declining the offer to upgrade probably for months so it may well happen like a i was going to say sneak attack that's the wrong the wrong phrase to use well 
Yeah, kind of surreptitiously. There we go. Yeah, we got to be a bit careful right there to be sensitive yeah, and not make, make, make light of things. Um, no, but no. So I've, I've, I've uh, we've had we've had busy weeks. The world's like busy weeks. Um, apparently, my PC's going to have a busy week. Uh, and, and work is busy week. Oh, busy let month. me tell you. I've been bragging about how little work I do for for years, of course, because I usually do, and this is why. This is one of the reasons why is because sometimes it all comes at once, right? As, as we know, as a, as anyone who's self employed or a sole contractor, or whatever, whatever. It's like buses. Yeah. So all the projects arrived all at the same time, and it, I know exactly why. It's because it's the off season for the esport that I work uh-huh. alongside. They're not doing anything, so I'm doing everything. Right. And their on-season was like two years straight. So now that it's the off-season, everybody's like, oh, let's do that project that we wanted to do for the past two years but didn't ever have the time. And I'm like, ah, yes, I could edit. I could edit that. Does this mean, though, that you can get all the money? Oh. Because obviously tax is coming up. I got paid the most I have been paid for a month in uh, years. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all going to make my taxes affordable yes indeed i'm gonna be Happy able to days. pay my tax and the government's gonna benefit from my extra work that i did at the end of the year yes oh, yes well done well done to them well done to you getting that money i was doing some crazy hours it's it's the same again it's all it's, it's like any other industry it's the people making the plans and the people making the budgets that just underestimate everybody else's mm-hmm. duties they go oh yeah that's gonna take like two hours and really it's like two days of work oh well that's uh corporate globalization for you yeah that word mm-hmm. i realize i do uh I, I don't know why i didn't realize this sooner but i realize i do the job of two people in my what? main employment really and yeah or maybe at least two people i would say because i have been having as i may have talked about on the show before some pretty serious thoughts and discussions about my next step nice. which uh, my my boss is actually not aware of entirely but that's because he doesn't listen to the show Yep, that's so, their fault that's for not fine. listening. Precisely. If he, if he listened, he would know much more, but yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you'd be able to have a chat about it, but no, <laughs> we're going to talk about it just between us and everyone who does listen. Correct, yeah. So we're just going to talk about it behind his back. So Tweet Colin's boss. He, he has no idea, but basically I have just passed, as of, oh, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, mm-hmm. five years Whoa. doing this whole like media training, public speaking stuff. And it's great. I really do enjoy it, but and I'm good at it. But we, as I've talked about before, some of our clients are clients I'm not a huge fan of working with, like big petrochemical oh companies. There were so many jokes right there that I had to dodge. And yeah, it's not that much better, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I know you guys made 50 billion last quarter, but uh, yeah, sure, we'll work with you and help you dodge questions about why you're doubling your diesel production. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your prices are going up just for the sake of, like, shareholders. Uh, well, we'll tell you how to justify that to the commons. Yeah. So, just add, and obviously, it's it's been a year of stuff. A lot of stuff has happened in the life of oh, Colin. Oh, man. Yeah. And so, Indeed. time for a change. Time for something new. But I, I don't really know what, what that is yet. But it's this idea of, you know what? Maybe I can do a James and work for myself instead. Oh. But, and this is the, the challenge, when you have a house to pay for. Yeah, that's And it. a Graham to keep buying plants for. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's that, the priority. Yeah, house and plants. Yeah, then you yeah, need yeah. money to do that. And I am not yet resorting to a life of crime to fund that. So in the meantime... If anyone wants to give me money as a retainer 
to train your <gasps> organization to talk good, come and speak to me. Yeah. So this this episode of Seesaw Parade is sponsored by Colin. Sponsored by <laughs> Colin. Yep. So that's that's what's happening. Although I did do another uh, Love Island voiceover because, funnily enough, <laughs> the actual producers of Love Island in Australia heard this skincare company's advert and asked them, did you hire Ian Sterling? Oh. So clearly. idiots. <laughs> I know. We sound nothing alike, but that's fine. And what they had to do instead was they had to change the script because it was far, t- it was literally ripped straight from Love Island. Lore. So they, they got in trouble for having two director coffee. Yes. So and two direct because it sounded like Ian Sterling and we were quoting essentially the show. So I had to do it uh, again, but I got paid again. Wow, well so done. Well done. That's, that's great. You see, so you say, so yeah. actually you're doing two people's worth of work at your job job. Yep. And then you're still doing other work at your not job job. Correct. That's three people's worth I'm of work. I'm hosting a conference at the SEC on Wednesday. Is that a, a fourth thing? That's a fourth. I am also now an events host. How did you get that? Because someone else dropped out and they recommended me instead. <laughs> right. Have you considered that maybe you're doing four people's worth of work? I mean, I could tell you a fifth and a sixth. I was an actor this morning for some freelance work. I think that that falls that falls into the pocket of the acting alongside the the, Events uh, the Love Island. Oh, okay. No, that's, I mean, that's voiceovers. So acting voice is voiceovers. Artist. It's just with your face too. Slash actor. Yeah. For for safety videos for clients in Asia. You're still doing those, huh? Plus slash events host. I saw one I saw one of your safety videos as a YouTube advert. It was cringe. Oh, it was awful. And the audio was awful as well, but they were okay with it. Yeah, idiots. <laughs> so I'm 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 all these things, but I'm also an amateur. You should probably to be clear. have a focus. I should. I really should. That's the main thing that you do, yeah. But it's a bit um, late for that now. Been doing this for way too well, long. Well, that could be the next. That could be the next thing you figure out is how to. Do you know what my focus is scattergun. That's my focus. Ah, <laughs> it's been working for me for a while. That makes sense. <laughs> what about you? What's uh, what's your focus? Just on editing the best esports videos you possibly can. Not even the best. You see, my job is the, I'm the editor that that makes a v- invisible edits. I I don't I well I don't I don't always be invisible. Every now and then I. <laughs> I'm visible. I make a little joke right, or right, I put right. a little text on the screen that says, like, I'm with you, the audience. These guys are stupid. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> look at us laughing at them. Um, but usually my job is just to be very invisibly removing the, the fluff. All right. So somebody talks for half an hour. I've got to make That's it 15 minutes. Yeah, it's what you do for the podcast. Um, I'm that, but for my job as an editor. Um, I, I don't even think I'm that good at it. I'm just good at getting it done faster than other people to a, the degree that I can. Okay. That's it. And right, and uh, the other thing I've been doing recently, which I've, I've has been distressing me, is taking other people's graphics that they've made for productions, this is pre-production stuff, and trying to like code them so that they work live. Right. So that you can put numbers in to a Google Sheet somewhere, and then the numbers go on the screen for everybody that's watching. <laughs> and let me tell you, Nobody makes good graphics. I've had to add to my job fixing other people's graphics. So now you're a graphic editor? You're you're very graphic? Yeah, I'm not even a graphic designer. I'm a yeah, I'm a super graphic. Uh <laughs> I'm I'm uh I, I just move everything a couple of pixels because they didn't have it in exactly the right place, even though they could have just pressed the center align button, you know? That kind of a thing. All right. How oh, this box looks like it's not in the middle. Oh look it's not. 
I'll press the button that puts it in the middle. There it is. You know, that kind of a thing. I get paid to do that sometimes. Is it fair to say, in summary, that both of us have been doing a lot of different things and we've also then missed a lot of things happening in the world? Yes. And here we are. Yes. Um, me, I do this every two years now, maybe, for usually not quite this long, but every two years I've got like a fortnight or a month where everything explodes. You seem to have everything exploding all the time. Constantly. I don't know yeah. how you manage it. Life, work, me, exploding. I do, yeah, I don't know how you manage. That's the dream. But it's not, though. <laughs> I'm Sorry, I'll rephrase. That's life. There we go. I'm not even going to joke. you got to slow down. I, can't, I couldn't do this for, for forever. It's unsustainable. But then you've got to pay for all these things. So, you know, it must be sustainable some way. No. We just, just have to spend less. It's sustainable 50 years ago. Yeah, but 50 years ago, they didn't have to pay for... That's what I mean. A website subscription. No, that sounded oh, wrong. Oh, boy. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what you want to be specific. An online 50 years subscription. Ago, they, they didn't have to pay to host a website promoting their own... Multi hyphen talents. Yeah, there we go. They Far more specific. They just, put, uh, they just walked into a into a shop and they said, "Hey, I work. I work here now." And then the shopkeep said, "Yes, you do." And also, they they could buy a house because the house was only three times their salary. Cr- I hate these graphs. I look at if I look that. at those charts every now and then just to look at like how cheap things were in comparison to how cheap they are today or how expensive. And it's horrible. Yeah. Rent crazy and mortgage crazy. There's no good option compared to in, like if you just look at the the rate of uh, rent or mortgage compared to the uh, pay. It's it's insane that the chart is not just a, a linear thing. Anyway, we this is the the happy intro. Happy, we're done. Hooray. We're done. The happy intro is over. Yeah, what a happy episode it's going to be. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We made it. We are alive. We 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 actually didn't just cancel the show silently yet. I mean, it yes. was a good number to end it on. Three, two, one. It was. That would have alas. been... Oh, you know what? Oh, we, that could have been the funniest joke ever. We missed, the, we missed <laughs> we it. We certainly did. All right. Well, I mean, there is three, three, three coming up. And I guess three, four, five. That's not as funny. Three. Nothing's ever going to be as funny as three, two, one. Three, two, one just being the last episode or something. Ah. Oh. Okay. Well, unfortunately then, for all you number hey, fans. Welcome to the new podcast. It's called Life is Great. Uh, we play squash to cope with our stress. Nice. I've not played that in ages. I should do that. Maybe it will help. I don't play it. That's why it's funny. It's a lie. Right. Okay. Well, welcome to episode one of We Play Squash to deal with the stress in our lives. Yeah. I'm Colin and uh, James is over there. Yeah. Playing squash. Hi, James. I'm actually in Glasgow today. I'm recording this from oh. my work office. We have a, a voiceover booth. Okay, okay, so, okay. Hi. I'm in Glasgow. I'm in my office. And this is the your new favourite. Well, I don't know about that. This is a podcast that you listen to now and again. <laughs> and I'm we talk about uh, really dreadful things. And some oh, of you man, are still it's here. It's too much. It's just too dreadful. It is. It really is. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta move on to just talking about nice things. Is I mean, is there scope for? changing the slant of the show because we have been doing this for quite some time and I do feel, particularly when I look at the run order, there is maybe one story, maybe two stories in here which are somewhat optimistic and this is only cherry picking what we've missed over the last month. So is there scope to be like, hey, this episode we're just going to talk about uh, 
socialism. We gotta do it. We talk about we talk about just like talking about stuff instead of talking about current well, events. Just, Let's become a not current events podcast. I do you know what I think. I think I'd be okay with that, but I, I feel like if we did that, we'd have to change. It takes more planning. I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd have to do some actual research rather than what I do right now, which yeah, is imagine. I research things we as we talk like, about it. Look at some headlines and then read read other people's words and then say them. But yeah, again. I feel like I'd have to have a proper v- opinion backed up by solid facts and evidence rather than just me saying things confidently and then oh, man. that's now my opinion as of thirty seconds ago. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Not to give you an insight into how this show works. It's definitely, definitely much more organised than that. Anyway, you can get in touch with the show for however much longer it runs. Yeah. Seesawparade at gmail.com. I think we'd have to keep the name because we have built up a lot of uh, online juice. Oh, no, yeah, it was fine. Just move, just move it. I think we can change. Yeah. I think we can change format. Well, maybe, maybe 323 is the one to do. Whatever you want. It's our show. Okay. Yeah, three two three two one, and then three two two is like the bonus. Well, well this is this technically is three two two slash episode one off. We play squash to deal with stress in our lives. Just call it, just call it that. Don't even call it episode three two two. Okay. Anyway, should we I talk about you. some call of the this episode one? Should we talk about some d- dreadful news, like just horrible, yeah, horrible while news? Yeah, mid laughter. Let's talk about things uh. that are horrible. Because you know what you need, dear listener? More people talking about Israel. Oh, I bet you've not heard enough. Yeah, no way. No chance. On that point, just to kick us off, we haven't heard enough. Because some people are living through this. Oh, that's true. Their whole day, every day is like, am I going to die right now? Every single day. Okay, so... We get to stop thinking about it sometimes. We're lucky. Yeah. There, there's so much to say here. But this is... We're recording this on Thursday, which is the 26th of October. Whoa. I believe it was about three weeks ago that Hamas first launched its well, attack on Israel. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen in the last three weeks is essentially Israel responding and lots and lots of... Well, thousands of civilians being... Uh, killed and murdered and dying in the process. So yeah. Israel say that their defense forces carried out a targeted raid overnight in northern Gaza using tanks. They've not yet launched their expected ground invasion of Gaza, but they say this raid was preparation for the next stages of combat. They're just raids, no, yeah. Uh, the IDF says... They are promising the ground invasion. They certainly yeah. are. The IDF said this raid, which lasted several hours, eliminated terrorists. Yeah. Uh, Hamas, who, and or I should say the health, the health ministry run by Hamas, says more than 7,000 people, Palestinians, have been killed since Israeli airstrikes on Gaza started almost three weeks ago. That is an increase, by the way, of 500 in less than a day. According to the health ministry that is is branch of Hamas. Yes. And according to figures from whether it's a combination of UNICEF, the UN and Hamas themselves, it looks around about 2,000 of those deaths are People or children, I should say, well, yeah. people who are under eighteen. Well, you see, that's not surprising at all because the attacks, as much as they are, according to Israel, targeted, they are hitting civilian structures, and the civilian population of Gaza is young mid- people, mostly yeah. yep. young people, children. 
It's like 50% like under 18 or something like that. Something crazy. Which, you know, if all the adult population of a certain area is tiny and small, and it's mostly, well, not mostly, but half half kids, it's not too surprising when half of the civilian casualties that aren't getting apparently deliberately targeted are dead. Because if it's indiscriminate, it's indiscriminate. It's going to be hitting Mm -hmm. the exact demographic of that population. So to give you some more stats, in the initial attacks on Israel by Hamas, more than 1,400 people were killed. Yeah. More than 200 are still being held hostage in Gaza. I think there's only been like four people who've been released from that. Yeah. And the current issue is the UN's agency for Palestinians say that supplies are running low across Gaza, mainly in hospitals, and that they need fuel to keep these hospitals going. Yep. But Israel are refusing to let fuel through these aid checkpoints because they say that Hamas is going to is going to steal it and hoard it and use it for their weapons. So, yeah. Yeah, that means the hospitals are now shutting down in the region. There's a real contrast it seems in the reaction or or the let's say how people feel across Europe about the Middle East before we go into the likes of the US. Okay. For example, today, the Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar has said that they want essentially a ceasefire so that humanitarian aid can get into Gaza where innocent Palestinian people are suffering. That's a quote. Yes. Uh, The Scottish First Minister, Hamza Youssef, he has family in Gaza. His in-laws, his wife's parents are in Gaza. The last I heard, they were still there. And he's been calling for a ceasefire to allow people to get out. But it seems that, for example, the UK, as we'll talk about, the UK government are yet... To call for a ceasefire. They're yet to use that word. Yeah, I think the Spanish government called for a ceasefire. Again, like... Spain, yeah. Portugal, Ireland, Scotland all have, but other countries, including yeah. Germany, Austria, and Hungary, who are more Just pro-Israel. you in general, yeah. They're opposed to a ceasefire. Yeah. Which is... A lot of people say a ceasefire will only aid Hamas. It'll help them yeah. move. It'll help them dig in. It'll help them reinforce, prepare, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of valid opinion on on every side of this. It's not a debate on every side of this ceasefire point, because yes, a ceasefire will will help um, the like Hamas entrench. You know, but a ceasefire will also make sure that fewer civilians die. That sounds very important to me, especially if you want to claim that you're the good guys in a conflict. I think you've got yep. more of a responsibility to care for the civilian population if you're trying to claim to be the good guys. We've just to uh, sorry, just to give some more quotes here, the Turkish president Recep I can never say his name, Recep Tayyip Erdogan yeah. has attacked European and Western governments' responses to Israel's bombardment of Gaza, saying the West is not taking action because the blood spilled is Muslims' blood. And in a quote, he said, what's happened to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights? They, the West, won't look at this if it doesn't serve their purpose. Why? Because the blood being spilled is Muslim blood. He's uh, cancelled a trip to Israel and said he regretted shaking hands with Benjamin Netanyahu at the UN in September. To be fair, the Israeli population is angry at Netanyahu right now, I think. Uh, I think it was 80% of the population that responded to a survey said that he should be held responsible for the failings on the 7th, I'm going to say, on the day of the attack from Hamas. Because it was uh, apparently known that there there was some intel saying that it could happen. Uh, The the, the Israeli uh, intelligence, whatever service, is very good at their job, you know. Um, 
And a lot of people are saying that the government should have been able to do more to respond or to or to intervene. So okay. there, there, it's not just like Turkey is upset at him and other countries are upset at him. His own population is upset right. at him directly. Can we talk, first of all, about... There's so much to talk about. I know, I know. Let's just start kind of generally, shall we? Because it does seem like there is a huge amount of division, as I've mentioned there, both politically, okay. but even... On a societal level, I'm seeing a huge array of different levels of whether it's pro-Israel or pro-Palestinian support and people using certain words, but then perhaps feeling like, oh, I don't really want to use that certain word. Or if you are pro-Palestine, people saying, well, you you can't support Hamas. That's dreadful. So I don't know where to start with this, but do you want to just start Uh, speaking and we'll see where we end up? Well, I think one of the things that was said recently that seems like a very good statement on the whole situation was the now apparently problematic statement by the UN yes. chief, the UN whatever. We're going to talk about this, actually. Yeah, okay. Uh, so we'll come back to what exactly he said when we talk about it. But his statement was like, you know, the, the, the attack by Hamas, terrorist stuff, terrible. Uh, we, like it, does, it can't be justified. Uh, and... And the response from Israel uh, has to be whatever, you know, we got to respect civilian lives, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but he, he, the main point that he made that people seem to hate, which I don't understand how they can hate it, is um, the attack from Hamas did not happen in a bubble. Can, can I, I'm so going to quote I, him here, sorry, from, I'm just going to give, give okay. you the quote. This is the UN's... Oh, I can't remember his name. He's the Secretary General. So he's basically the head of the organization. Antonio Guterres, who we've talked about a few times. So his quote is, he told the UN Security Council on Tuesday, it's important to recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. But the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas. And those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. So Israel basically just went la 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 for the second part and only listened to the first part and accused him of being a Hamas sympathizer. Yeah, I was saying that the whole thing was justified. Now, like, I think that's a very important kind of perspective to have because what he's saying is the Israeli response is disproportional. It's not happening in a vacuum. It's disproportional. Um... That, I mean, anyway. that seems fair. And then he's saying the Hamas response, the, well, not response, the Hamas attack didn't have in a vacuum. It's disproportional, you know. And so we can keep going back through all of history, just saying that same thing over and over again. This doesn't happen in a vacuum, disproportionate. The thinking before it didn't happen in a vacuum, disproportionate. And that generally is the trend throughout all of history. However, one thing I would like us to look back on that I think is a very important um, comparison to the Hamas attack was, uh, I think, two years ago, but I might have the dating wrong. I didn't check this beforehand. We're kind of winging it here. Um, There was a protest at the border between Gaza and Israel um, with an unarmed civilian protest. And Uh the response from Israel was to kill them. I think we talked about it on the show. We I, if we didn't, that's our failing. And if you look at that and you see that after 50-something years of oppression by some people's measurements and more by other people's measurements, a civilian population decided to protest at the border and the response was to be killed. What lesson are they going to learn except next time we try to protest this, we have to be armed? So when, he's, when we're hearing a thing like the Hamas attack didn't happen in a vacuum... 
it, it's not even like ancient history. It's within the last few years, the people of Gaza have been taught that if they just try to protest a thing, they will they will die. Yep. And, you know, if I was trying to protest a thing and all the people around me died, I'm going to learn the lesson that next time I might as well come prepared for like an actual fight, not just a protest. It just... And again, that doesn't justify the attack. It doesn't make the attack a good thing. It doesn't make the killing of civilians a good thing or deserved, but it makes it feel inevitable. Like this is just what's going to happen if you oppress a people in this way and you kill them when they protest in a peace in a more peaceful manner. So, and I, I don't understand, for me, why leaders of many countries cannot say such things. Right. The best we've had from, like, the UK leadership is things like, well, Israel have to uphold international law. And it's like, well, they're not. Yeah. There's evidence, there's evidence that they aren't already. And what is the response? Nothing. There's silence when they're breaching international law. So, it, it, ju- just, sorry, just, just to just this point. Just repeating of the point. Yeah, yeah, go Just, go, just go. to break up some of the, the discussion here. There's points where I, I'm unsure why the US has such a strong affinity to Israel. But even just seeing here this well, history. It's, fault. it's our fault. That's true. I mean, we helped create Israel. He says with great we tr- confidence. We wanted it to be a proxy colon- uh, colonization effort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, just reading here, the UN and Israeli, oh, I know, diplomatic ties have gone back pretty sourly for years, and this I mean, is yeah. just looking here since two thousand and nine. That was the last time the UN Security Council reached a collective, unanimous decision on Israel. Fourteen years ago. And since then, the U.S. has vetoed resolutions on Israel 46 times. Yeah, but the U.S. vetoes resolutions on tons of things every single year. Right. The U.S. opposes a formal ceasefire, but is calling for either a humanitarian pause or a humanitarian lull. (laughs) Which is, yep. It's very different. Okay, that's something. Yes. (laughs) To to, to me, just to, to give my tuppence worth, which is essentially what you're saying in summary, which is... If you look at the history of what's happened in Palestine, then there's some sort of, I'm going to say, reaction. As we've seen over the years, it happens, and I can understand it because of, yeah. if you look at the history of how Israel has treated Palestinian people, I, like, I, I get it. Does yeah. that justify? And, like, no, yeah, and, so it's like, I get it, but I wouldn't advocate for it. I wouldn't sure. say it's justified. I wouldn't do it, you know? It's, yep. There's a difference between understanding why someone's done a thing or why people have done a thing and then advocating for it. And the response when, when people, if you even suggest, if anyone on the media even suggests that they understand why the attack happened, it's like seen as this anti-Semitic yep. attack on Israel yep. to say such a thing. Uh, and that's then, of course, compounded by Israel's reaction. Oh, man. Because, of course, there's going to be some degree of, yes, we, we will defend ourselves, but the killing of thousands of children. We're blockading the whole place. Why is that not being seen for what it is? Why is that just like, oh, I know, it's, you know, it happens, it's war, thousands of children die. That, yeah, that's, that's it's, it's like the double standard as well, because from Hamas's point of view, all, this, all, the, all the civilians or whatever that they, that they killed were uh, as, as a response to the situation, a justified response in their eyes to the situation, and then on Israel's side, all the children that they're killing and all the civilians they're killing are a justified response to the situation. Yep. But if you suggest that you can understand Hamas, it's like, well, you're evil and horrible and a terrible person, anti-Semite, you must hate Israel. But if you suggest that you understand Israel, it's just like, oh yeah, that's decent, that's just war. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you understand war. It's like, well, why why is this weird double standard in how we talk about the two groups doing atrocities? To add another view here, this was emailed in from Anthony, who said, it's such a complicated issue for religious, political, and humanitarian reasons. All I can add is the history of aggression, land seizure, occupation, and colonialism that I witnessed while in the West Bank a few years ago was eye-opening and scandalous. A pushback by the oppressed people seems justified after seeing these realities firsthand, but the horrors which are being reported on or suggested after Hamas's offensive are barbaric and unproportionate. The anti-Semitic messages coming from Hamas are also chilling. I can attempt to understand where these sentiments found their root after the generational yeah. abuse and oppression but the fruits of these sentiments are inexcusable and will bring anything but justice yeah and that's like the summary of the whole situation for sure um, yeah yeah i guess another perspective to have is to try to look at what israel looks like or what the israel palestine conflict looks like if hamas aren't doing a big terrorism all the time um and part one is exactly what i said before if hamas aren't doing terrorism maybe you've got things like peaceful protests at the border what's the response death um Hamas are not in charge of the West Bank. What's happening there? Quite a lot of death. Quite a lot of people getting evicted from their homes, settlements going on, people killing um, civilians. There's been civilian deaths in the West Bank for a very long time. And Hamas might have cells there and they might have some terrorists there, but they aren't in charge of that place. Uh, And still, the death is ongoing. So anyone who's trying to lump all the responsibility, uh, this is all happening due to terroristic acts and horrible people, blah, 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 blah. Well... The oppression is ongoing forever. Yeah. But then the next level of it is if you look at Israel's perspective, they are a nation of a people who most of their neighbors want to, to want them to maybe not exist. Sure. And a lot of that I want you to not exist is more peaceful now than it used to be. It used to be uh, mass evictions, deportations, almost genocide of uh, the Jewish people, probably genocide of the Jewish people in several of the neighboring countries. Uh-huh. And... I think from an Israel perspective, they're looking at that. They're taking that history into account. And they're saying, well, we better fight for everything we have. And again, I understand. But it does not mean that you can just become an apartheid state doing basically a genocide on a different population within yeah. your con- like direct control. And Israel are trying to suggest that they, are, they aren't controlling Gaza. They're not in charge of the Palestinian population in the Gaza or the West Bank. But they control the borders. They control mm-hmm. the air. They control the, 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 the sea. They control everything. So they are the ones in charge. So yeah, like it's a whole situation of justifications for things being a thing I can understand and a thing that I can understand how bad people can use it to do atrocious things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make those things actually justified. It's, it's all manipulated and the civilians on uh, both sides are just the victims. It's understood, for example, with Ukraine and Russia, that war is going to last years. Yeah. Do you suspect oh, it'll mean, be the same here? This is this is this has been a war for years. It wasn't really not a war ever, right? That's the difference here. Is that the, right? But not something at this scale, though. Well, not for a while, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And this will probably take. This will probably take years, I imagine. They're, like obviously, um, Palestine or the, 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 the Gaza specifically won't have the support that Ukraine does. This is going to be a very one-sided affair because. Russia, military state, invades Ukraine. Ukraine gets a bunch of support from a bunch of military states, the US, everybody else. Uh, Israel, one of the most powerful militaries in the world, who are they fighting? A bunch of people with like homemade weapons. Yep. They get some support indirectly and apparently directly from um, the likes of uh, Iran, who, who supply them with arms and other countries who supply them with mm-hmm. arms. But it's not to the same degree that the Americans are able to do for Ukraine. Sure. Uh, so it might not be as protracted purely because it's going to be one-sided. 
um, which is, again, why it's so important just to get the civilians elsewhere um, and to stop like any bombing, any attack, any danger on the places that you've called safe because there has been um, reported and documented attacks on the parts of Palestine or parts of Gaza yep. that Israel have said were the safe zones. Yep. And they've told people to leave and then they've bombed the route. It's not been regular. It's not happened a lot, but people have been bombed in the safe zones. You can't be doing that if you're, if, if you're again, you're trying to claim that you're the good guys in a conflict. Can I make this briefly, uh, take a British angle on this? This is the, oh, yeah. just, you know, make it even... We're the main characters. Make it feel yeah, to the yeah, Brits yeah. Like, like we're the main characters. Yeah, so yeah, Sir yeah. Keir Starmer, Labour leader, who we'll talk about more on a different topic shortly, there is apparently a growing sense of discomfort and in some instances anger within Labour about Sir Keir's wow. current position because he's seen as yeah. too pro-Israel with insufficient expression of concern for... Palestinians. 150 Muslim Labour councillors have written to him saying he should be calling for an immediate ceasefire, but as of today, he has yet to do so. Uh, some councillors have resigned from the party over this. Uh, 37 Labour MPs have publicly said they want a ceasefire. Uh, Sir Keir is currently meeting people within the party, both virtually and in person, acknowledging, as he's saying, differences of opinion uh, and yeah. listening. Oh, listening, is he? Uh, I yeah. Believe... So, uh, and this sorry, this all started with an interview he did a few weeks back on LBC. Yes. When asked if it was appropriate for Israel to cut off water and power to Gaza, he said, "I think Israel does have that right to do to that." To defend itself. He has since claimed, yeah, what he meant to say was that Israel had a right to defend itself, which is a very different answer, of course. Very different. Which is like the problem what we've got from from Labour from government is that the their response to the whole thing is basically, "Well, Israel's got a right to defend itself." Well, uh, by killing people, by by by, bre- by breaching international law, and it doing uh, by punishing an entire civilian population, you know, no, that's not defense. <laughs> it's a breach of international law. So it's it's crazy that Labour, the Conservatives, so many different nations as well are saying these things, and there is a clear breach, and there is all of these things that cross the line, and then they just repeat the same thing. Well, I think they have their rights, and they, they all, as long as they maintain international law, it's like, no, they're, but they're not. <laughs> Please. Um, I believe Starmer also visited a mosque in Wales, um, and then his, his statement afterwards was saying that when he visited the mosque in Wales, he chatted about the importance of like like uh, peace and respecting civilian lives, uh, uh, like implying that the mosque in Wales had some kind of power over what Hamas is doing in Palestine. Yeah. Um, I, again, like winging it, I vaguely remember this, this statement that they made uh, after he visited. I was just like, how do you visit a British mosque as a, as a polit- politician in Britain? And then your statement comes out pro-Israel? Afterwards, yeah, like I told this mosque off for not respecting things enough. Like no, like they probably mm. just want to talk about maybe wanting a ceasefire. <laughs> you don't have to come out and and make a centered statement. You can come out and just say, yeah, this mosque wants a ceasefire. I listened to them. Yeah, Starmer, this, this dude, he's doing the usual. For he, he just, he just cannot. He just never has the right answers to things. And then he, he. This is true. And I don't understand how he's got his answers so bad because some of the parties say is the right thing. Some of them do, and they've all. They, none of some of the ones that say the right thing, they don't get told off. They just they get they get to say it. So I can't start it. Uh, 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 going back into what's actually happening on the ground there, 
it looks like this ground assault is going to happen at some Mm -hmm. point. And at what point do people actually start calling for a ceasefire? Is this when Israel has completely flattened Gaza and just retaken it? Or, as a leaked document from the Israeli government showed this week, advisors and officials who basically are seeing this as an opportunity to permanently relocate Palestinians somewhere else. And the piece of land they'd identified was actually in Egypt, uh, in the Sinai Peninsula. Okay. So... That, to me, is is very much where I can see this going, which is Israel sees an opportunity to take back, in its words, its land and send the Palestinians yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, this whole idea of, like, birthright that you see going around, uh, you know, yeah. the Jewish people's birthright to the land in Israel. Like, obviously, there is ancient history on this land, but we cannot look to ancient history to justify mass uh, eviction of populations today, right? You've got to look at recent history to justify who is where and how and if they're allowed to be there. Not so recent, not like, hey, we evicted them six years ago and that means it's ours now. But like, if you've not had the land and then the British and the Americans say, actually, this is ours now and, well, mostly the British say, this is ours now and you live here um, you'll you'll help us um, colonize this area and we'll all profit. Uh that's that's recent enough to say ah that was wrong that was wrong less than a hundred years ago it's probably still wrong now it doesn't justify you feeling that the rest of the land is yours however i think it would be insane an insane thing to do to try to just take the land now and i've seen a few people saying this on the internet where they're like saying things like if israel wanted to evict all of the palestinians they could have done it by now if israel wanted to kill all the palestinians they could have done it by now and it's like well no they couldn't have because it would take an insane level of leader to think that they'd get away with that internationally mm-hmm. they'd know that they have to toe the line keep america at least happy no, with them and they I'm can't based possibly on what we're seeing the u.s would back them up and other countries would back them up too the, I do not think I do not think that the U.S. Uh, would be able to back them up if they did such a flagrant breach of uh, uh, international law. I think that the U.S. is struggling to back them up as it is. We've had Biden um, negotiating with them to allow uh, aid into the country and stuff like that well, to lift the blockade and stuff like that. While he was meant to be meeting several Middle Eastern leaders, I think he only ended up meeting Netanyahu and maybe well, one other those person. Those got cancelled for unusual reasons. Um, we didn't talk about it. Um, the 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 bombing of a hospital that cancelled all of those visits because uh, a hospital got bombed and yep. it wasn't clear why uh, who bombed it. And in the res- in in the days following, uh, a lot of people are blame on Israel, which understandable. Israel seems to bomb whatever they want and get away with it. Um, and a lot of countries decided they didn't want to talk about the conflict anymore um, before getting the full picture, which I don't think anyone's got the full picture yet, but we've got a lot of countries saying, yeah, they're pretty sure it wasn't Israel. Uh, they're pretty sure it was a misguided rocket from somewhere else. Uh, but the response is still just that the there is no negotiating with several of the countries now. Um, but I've seen enough, like, language from the Biden administration that is, it's not even as strong as the UK's language of Israel's got the right to defend itself and stuff like that. He has been a bit more hesitant to go all out um, saying that they're doing nothing wrong and things like that. So I've seen enough of that language to be almost sure. And again, 
I could be wrong, and it wouldn't surprise me if I was wrong, that if Israel just tried to seize the entirety of Gaza, or even the, the top half, which is the half that they're trying to clear out right now, uh-huh. that it would be seen as too far. Um, however, uh, maybe maybe the top half. I think they'd get away with taking just the top half. Okay. I think if they tried to take the whole thing, it would be seen as too far, because you're displacing the entire population, which is a war crime, you know? I mean, they're already <laughs> displaced already. Do, do you really think they're yeah, going to go if back? You displace, if you displace half of them, apparently it's not a war crime enough, but displacing the whole thing, I think it would be seen as a war but, crime. Okay, um, uh, let's let's wrap up part of this discussion. We We have seen what looks to me like war crimes happening in this conflict. They've been happening, war crimes have been happening before right. this conflict. So why? They've been doing settling and evicting and displacing this whole time. It's an apartheid state sure. already. This, this is a silly question, I know, but I want to ask it anyway. Why yeah, yeah. are we seeing war crimes attributed to the likes of Putin and Russian forces and people are quite happy to call them out, but when it comes to war crimes being committed by the likes of Israeli forces and Hamas forces... Why is that not the same? When it comes to is is both have heard, in terms of like the both sidesing of this. Where well, let's take Israel then, shall we? No, no, no. I I like the thought of going a both sidesing on this, um, because there are people who are unapologetically pro Palestine to the degree that they are pro Hamas and unwilling to decry the terrible things that Hamas is doing and say those are terrible. You know, and call those war crimes. They're unwilling to say that because Hamas is also committing war crimes. One slight difference is that Hamas is an authoritarian uh, uh, body in charge of a people uh, in one small group of a not even officially recognized nation state. They aren't on the UN. Can you commit war crimes as a nation if you're not a nation? So there isn't the same level of accountability. Um, but people who are unwilling to call it bad um, are poisoned against the situation to, a, to a, a degree that I don't understand. And I think a lot of it is, for some people, rooted in hatred that is becoming a racist hatred or hatred that is becoming a very problematic hatred because it is easy to hate the 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 nation of Israel. But when you let that hatred become a hatred of, let's say, the Jewish people, uh-huh. that's problematic. When you let that hatred become a hatred of the civilian population, that's problematic because the civilian population there is a bunch of people who have been manipulated into thinking that they're doing the right thing. Um, voting for the right parties and, and you know taking back the land that is theirs like when they're doing that they're doing the wrong thing they're voting for the wrong people but that doesn't mean that we should hate them and think they deserve to be killed um so anyone who's unapologetically saying that they deserve to be killed is clearly crossing a line and the same goes for people who are unwilling to say that israel is committing war crimes the powerful thing that israel has in its favor is that they have managed to make a lot of governments and a lot of countries declare that saying things like Israel's committing war crimes is officially anti-Semitic. In the UK, if you question the Israeli state to such a degree, it technically is anti-Semitic, according to the book, like according to the law, um, which is why a lot of politicians are being very careful with their wording, because they could actually get called up for saying normal-sounding things as saying something anti-Semitic. Um but there is obviously some unapologetic Israel fanboy fangirl who just think that all the Palestinians also are evil and terrorists and need to die, and that's horrible as well. Sure, you say it. You say it's like it's different from the Russia Ukraine conflict, but it's the same in a sense that I know there are many people on the internet worldwide who aren't in that conflict who say, "I this side needs to all die. All the civilians need to die. Just clear the land." 
for the for the Ukraine Russia conflict as well. Uh, people who are like the counteroffensive should take no uh, hostages and shouldn't care about the civilian destruction. Uh, I've seen that said, and then there are people who say that Russia should just wipe out the whole nation, you know, glass it all with nukes. You know, those takes are real in that conflict too, and I think it's going to be real on every conflict because people get way too attached and they think it's like sport and they think it's a team thing. Uh, you know that they are that they are they have to cheerlead for one side or the other. What do you what do you don't? Uh, one con one compli- I'm just going to keep going. I'm sorry. Feel free. Feel free. A complicated thing. A very very complicated thing is when you look at the responsibilities of the civilian populations, um, and when you look at, I think that's a key difference for this compared to Ukraine Russia. When you look at the civilian populations uh, in Ukraine and Russia, they aren't really they, like the Ukrainians. Their civilians are leaving. They can't really do like resistance. They can. They've been allowed to leave. Uh, many of them were warmly welcomed into the rest of Europe. You know, uh, and the Russian population they get to just listen to the propaganda, ignore it if they want. Um, some of them are protesting. Many of them are protesting, and they go to prison. Um, but again, they're not directly under threat. Most of the time, there are bombs going both ways, and civilian uh, structures have been hit on both ends of the border, I believe, at this point. But then you look at Israel-Palestine, smaller land area, of course, so it's easier to hit the civilians, the Palestinians. They can't leave. They just keep getting pushed into a smaller and smaller space and killed every year. And when you're that oppressed, you're going to probably support the local terrorists. Um, the Israeli population thinks they've got a birthright over the whole land. Keeps not all of them, of course. There, there are again, like the Russians, there are those who protest, those who are reasonable, those who get silenced. Um, uh, but there are also the settlers, the ones who take guns and walk into Palestinian villages and threaten them all until they leave, or the the settlers who walk into a house and you know this is mine now and get rid of the family who lived there before it. That happens. There is responsibility there. So there are in Gaza civilians who support terrorists and there are in israel civilians who are directly doing things that support an apartheid state and to take part in an apartheid state there is responsibility there so people feel even more strongly for each side compared to a standard conflict that was so much worth discussing but yeah obviously if anybody's got anything to say to us if you want to call me anti-semitic go ahead if you want to say that that was all right go ahead you know you can reach us on the email not the twitter though certainly can ceaseoperate at gmail.com Okay, let's continue the sad news. Let's talk about, as of Wednesday, the worst mass shooting in America this year. Right. Which happened in the city of Lewiston in Maine, which Mm. is only a population of about 38,000, so it's pretty small. Yeah. 18 people have now been confirmed dead in a shooting at a bowling alley and a restaurant. The shooter is known to the police. He is, I believe, an, an arms instructor. Or a weapons, a firearms instructor, I should say. And uh, he's been known to have some mental health issues. 18 dead, 13 in hospital, injured, I'm sure many others with minor injuries. Police are, are still to find him and are searching at the moment. State governor is currently giving a statement uh, to the press, and there may well be more on this before we finish. Yeah. But uh, yes, the governor has said this, the gunman is still considered armed and dangerous. Robert Card... Wow, and uh, people are advised. People are advised not to approach him. So that's what's that's what's going on. Um, just another grim tale. From yeah, the States. yeah. Uh, as always, they seem to never stop, and 
it's just, it's the usual empty statements of we can only hope that the US learns how to do some level of caring more about this to a political degree where they can reform things and improve things. Okay, well, uh, let's we'll talk about those political legislative changes, which I'm sure will not happen just because we have a new Speaker of the House. Oh, great. But oh, uh, yeah, true. that's yeah. what's happened. So Republican Mike Johnson right, yes. finally secured the Speaker's gavel without losing any votes from his own party after weeks of infighting. Yeah. Had uh, left. They got, a bit, they got a bit desperate and all shook hands. Yeah, it had left the house in chaos. So, this lawmaker, it seems, is generally liked on both sides, even if he is a what? former Donald Trump supporter <laughs> and a key a figure. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, farmer. He is a supporter of the former president. There we go. That's words. And was he. Yeah, current supporter. Key yeah. <laughs> figure in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 election so this was after kevin mccarthy got kicked out more than three weeks ago i believe because he decided he didn't want to appease the people on the far right of his party and so they yeah rebelled matt gates being the main guy rebelled were like hey we should vote this guy out yeah there was a rebellion after yeah 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 and And sure enough he did and then the next uh, the next people up they couldn't get enough of the votes there was a there wasn't as many efforts this time Uh, i can't remember the name of the dude he gave up a bit sooner and then somebody else got their name got put forward as the fourth time uh, voted on and he said ah actually no i don't want it i don't want it and then this guy pops up johnson who is uh problematic to say the least uh, has some uh, opinions, shall we say, that maybe the Supreme Court in the US would very much like right now, uh, but I won't be good as far as getting the re- re- reforms that the USA really needs uh, done. Yeah, I- I'm unsure if there's anything else I would add to that. I guess we'll wait and see what happens. We'll see what um, he does. Apparently, He's I one mean, of the crazies. I actually hadn't heard of this guy at all, so he, he clearly doesn't do as much price as some of, his, uh, some of his, the other colleagues in his party. No, and not not super well known in terms of uh, public uh, influence or public f- visibility before now. Obviously now very visible, yeah. um, and lots of important questions to be asking about this guy in terms of whether he thinks the twenty twenty election was fair and real and legitimate. You know that kind of a question. Is it the kind of? Th- it's, uh, I know, but like. I feel like we already know this guy's stance and, and that sort of question is just not going to, you're not going to get anything from him and if you're asking him that. I feel like you just have to keep asking anyway. I feel like you should, I feel like when people have these crazy opinions, yeah, the best thing you can do is keep on asking them about them. A valid point. Okay, well, talking of crazy opinions, Donald Trump's been in court, <laughs> former president. Well, sorry, I'll, I should be more specific. He has been in, been in a few courts. several courts in the last year. Yeah. He is currently in the middle of a high stakes fraud trial where yes the moment he's been he's been fined now twice by judge arthur and goran because he is violating gag orders about speaking on or posting about staff in the court <laughs> so <laughs> earlier mr trump had criticized the i think the judge's clerk right and there have been other social media attacks against what's going on but essentially what's happening is the judge has already decided that Trump and co inflated the value of their properties and of their business and is now essentially hearing from witnesses to decide how how badly he should be punished. 
that's essentially what's happening. Yeah, how big a how big a job he did. Yeah. yeah so the, the evidence is clear that it was done, and now they've got to figure out just how bad it was. Yeah. I'll, I'll summarize. The judge has already ruled the organization committed fraud. Yeah. The current trial is focused on additional charges. There's no jury. Yeah. And an unfavorable ruling says this article could put Mr. Trump's New York real estate empire in peril. Right. And I'm yeah. sure he'll be fine. Well, yeah, I'm sure he's already passed anything that wasn't in peril onto the next generation anyway, you know, dodge, dodge. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts on this uh, This latest trial, That one, trial, that, one that trial, I, I, I'm just glad it's going ahead, you know. People who are doing big fraud, they, they got to get big done. Uh, so congrats to people who are getting this done. Uh, but there are other Trump-related trials ongoing. Uh, have you heard about the the many people who are either uh, pleading guilty, uh, um, well, not either, who are pleading guilty to make deals on Trump's uh, Georgia trial, I think? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so we got like all of his ex-lawyers uh, who are also getting, you know, uh, asked a few questions or two. They all seem to be making deals um, um, with uh, prosecution to... Uh, turn on Trump and to be a, a better and stronger witness for the case. Um, so, so Trump's trials are looking like they're not going too well for the guy, and he is responding, as you'd expect, rather dramatically on the internet. Okay, well, let's uh, take it back to the UK. A couple of big stories that have been happening outside of oh, yeah. war and death. Labour have been winning by-elections. I believe they're now up to five. Quite a few. In the last couple of months, the two most high profile recently were the vote in Tamworth, which was a 20,000 vote conservative majority, which they lost in 2010, and they got it back. So that's now a, that was a 24% swing from Conservative Pretty to Labour. significant. Although the turnout was... Was that, the, was that Doris's old one or was that a different one? Uh, it might have been a Dean Doris's, yeah. So anyway, that was a... Turnout Turnout was terrible, but that was... No, sorry, that was... Tamworth was a seat. I don't remember who it was. But the other one, which was Nadine Doris, was Mid-Bedfordshire. Ah. And that was uh, Alistair Strathern, who similarly took a majority even bigger, 24,000, right. which is believed to be the greatest such result at a by-election since World War II. So what you're saying is, is the Tories are losing wild. impressively in some of these by-elections. They certainly yes. are, but it's also happening in Scotland. So Yay. this the was SMP the... are losing impressively. Yeah, Rutherglen and Hamilton West, which was the seat held by the SNP's, well, then independent... Uh, MSP who went to to London on a train with COVID. I can't remember her name. That one. She just breached the rules. She, the, that, the, the breacher. Margaret Ferrier. Oh, that was that. Ferrier, yeah. COVID rule breaker who yeah. was then chucked from the party. They finally resolved that seat. So that was an SNP safe seat and Labour I... took it. Michael Shanks won that. Overwhelming majority. And uh, yeah, this was de- declared as a seismic win and a clear demonstration that Scotland could lead the way in delivering a Labour government ah, at the next election. Mm, yeah, because so Scotland's it, it votes clear, are really important. <laughs> right, but it's clear, though, and it has been for years, even you know the Tony Blair era, a huge amount of those Labour MPs, it was like one in six came from Scotland. That was a... Yeah. Because basically all of Scotland at that point was Labour. So there is there will be some sway there. Oh, and yeah. What result- Scotland does is it transforms a Labour win into like a Labour extra majority win. 
Right, right, right. So just give me me your take on, yeah, Labour winning by-elections. It looks like there's (laughs) another one coming up, by the way. Peter Bowen, MP, he's been suspended for six weeks because he... um, exposed himself to a staffer and was both physically oh, and man. psychologically abusive. Right, great. How about uh, that? Wow, surprise. Uh, but no, so it's the same as every other one that's happened. This is less about Labour winning and they, and more about the other party losing. You think so? The Tories have ashamed themselves. They've embarrassed themselves so poorly that their voters hate them. I mean, look, like Doris, Doris, the Doris seat, for example, they hated her. She never did her job. That's fair. So of course they didn't want to vote for the Tories again. And then the SNP is the same thing. Nobody wants to vote for them because they've been going through scandal. They've had their leader replaced. Yep. Why would you vote for the SNP right now? And the, the person who 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 was there last broke the rules during COVID? Why would you vote for the same party? So, they, it's not like Labour is saying anything inspirational to get the people on their side. They're just like the boring other party, the safe party to vote for right now. So they win if the other parties lose. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and it would, and I think that's it's gonna that's gonna be the case for any potential general election, unless I, any of the other parties make a significant difference. Labour will win because the other ones are losing. Again, it's it's to me a clear indication that, yeah, it's not so much about Secure Starmer constantly calling for change, but without specifying what that change is, it is just the fact that the other, the rest of them, as you've so <laughs> eloquently described, are yeah, useless. They're just, they're just doing trash job of their job, so they're not going to get votes. Okay, and the other major story that's been happening and is still ongoing actually as of today okay. is the weather the oh, weather has been going it's been going pretty hard. mad yeah you said last week that you couldn't really sleep because of the storm yeah 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 i've been i've been i've been i usually don't sleep too well anyway but usually i can when once i fall asleep i stay asleep but not with this storm going on it's a bit too loud for me oh, uh, so this was uh storm babette which i believe only for the third time Stop. Babbit. It was uh, Babbit. I stunned Babbit. Anyway, it was the third time in history that a red weather warning was issued for the UK. That's serious. This was largely in the northeast of Scotland. So this is areas around Brechin, Stonehaven, Aberdeenshire. And some of the footage, I don't know how much of it you've seen, but it's... I've seen it a wee bit. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy, yeah. The the thing that annoyed me, Aye. though, and I'm sure it annoyed the emergency services, was the day before the red weather warning came into place, oh. they said, hey, everybody in Brechin, you need to leave your homes. And they said, look, I know that's really difficult. I evacuate, please. I know it's hard, but you need to leave. And For your safety, some people leave. did. And then, sure enough, red weather warning came in. Yes. And the people who didn't evacuate went, oh, help. Our ground floors under oh, five feet of water. I want to leave now. I would like to leave now. Please. That must be so annoying. You'd just be like, guys, I told you to leave. Why are you still here? <laughs> now we have to rescue you. Come on. Oh, man. I was I was going to have a nice dinner because everyone should have yeah. left. <laughs> so this this storm it, it actually killed three people. It did, One yeah. of whom, and again, I dark humor is kind of a thing on the show. But one of them was swept into a, a, an overflowing river. Okay. But I, why were you there? Like, yes. why would you? Why are you going? What to look at it? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Um, <sighs> Silly people. People. People Silly aren't people. smart. There's always going to be some people that aren't smart. And I was more annoyed by the people who were posting on Twitter talking about how like it was all a conspiracy theory and government was just trying to get people out of their homes for conspiracy reasons or whatever. Like, come were on. People actually doing that. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Goodness sake. Insane. Um, so, like, I I think a big part of it is the fact that this is the third weather warning ever, right? The red one, yeah. We yeah. get heavy rain. We get, yeah, sorry, red weather warning. 
we get heavy rain, we get heavy winds, we get storms, but they're not often this big. I remember the last one, it, you know, and that was big. People died. Um, yeah. But the response when you get when something is so rare that it basically never happens, the response is always going to be, ah, oh, they're just overestimated. We've been through this before. It's never as bad as they say. And then it is as bad as they say. Yeah, yeah. And worse, actually, than what they were saying, because some of that footage was crazy. The, 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 the water levels and rivers was cr- insanely huge. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not a surprise that people ignored it so I don't think it's going to be annoying when people ignore it but it's it's going to be expected as well I think I think all the emergency services would have been prepared that people will ignore our requests and we've got to be ready for the ones who do ignore it to go and try and rescue them as best as we can um, and I think we've got another warning coming up right? Well it's there's currently a yellow one out for these similar regions which were already affected because the rain is coming back. It's just still go, still going on. Now, still actually, going. Um, I was affected by this because um, oh, recently my grandmother died. Uh, she oh, lived yeah. up in up in the north, up in Laird, um, uh-huh. and the funeral was going to be there, and uh, all the trains to Laird were cancelled. For the for, oh. I I don't even know if they're back yet. They were cancelled as of not that not like two days ago. So you could which go. is after the warning. So I was just like, oh. I, well, I think I could have made it if I realized that it was only the 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 last leg of the train that was cancelled. But I woke up, checked my tickets, and it said journey cancelled, and I was like, oh. So oh. I went back to sleep, and then I woke up later on, and I was a bit more awake, and I went, oh wait, hang on, how much of the journey was cancelled? And it was I could have made it to Inverness, oh, okay, and then maybe got a lift if I asked enough. But yeah, so like like the trains are cancelled still. They probably will be still cancelled. People's lives are still getting affected by this, and I don't know what the situation is as, as far as people getting back into their homes. When's that going to be? Well, for for some Man. people, it, it's it's going to be the new year. There's absolutely yeah. no chance you're getting back in before then, and that's yeah. that must be awful. It will, yeah. But that's why we need to be have our infrastructure ready for these things at all times. You know, we've got to have a system in place across the nation to house. A lot of people are just at need whenever it's demanded. Again, though, it's, I mean, maybe El Nino has something to do with this. And I know we have had autumn storms before, but this one seemed in particularly bad. Extreme, extreme weather. It's pretty extreme. Yeah. A bit of climate changey. Yeah. Okay, let's finish with, and I say this with a broad smile, lighter things. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's start with uh, some news, actually. Okay. The writer strike <gasps> is over. Wow. After Just the writer's nearly strike, five, though. Yeah, after nearly five months, 146 days. Yeah. Uh, which is the second longest strike in Hollywood history. The Writers Guild, Guild, the Writers Guild, <laughs> the Writers, writers Guild. Yes. That's a that's a book. The Writers Guild of America, <laughs> which represents its uh, writers as well as the uh, Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Yes. They announced just a few weeks ago the uh, an agreement had been reached, which meant that the strike was ending. And the membership were to vote in favour of ratifying this new contract. I am unsure exactly what this means for them, but apparently they they won big. They go back to work. We got our our late night talk shows are back. Yay. 
Yeah. However, as you've noted there, James, actors still yes. on strike. So only the, the late night talk shows are back, but don't watch TV or films for another couple of years because they will be trash. <laughs> yeah. So what this means then, by the looks of things, is the agreement means increases to minimum wage and compensation. Yeah. yeah. Increased pension and health fund rates, yeah. improvements to terms for lengths of employment and the size of writing teams, which had been shrinking drastically in re- uh, recent years, as well as better residuals or royalties for streaming. Yeah. So that's that's good news. No, it as is. As well it's as also news. some terms for artificial intelligence. Yes, because they don't want AI writing scripts. Yeah, so which is fair they, and valid because who does? Basically, it's it doesn't mean they can't or the producers or productions can't use it, but it does prohibit using the software to reduce or eliminate writers and their pay. Yeah, yeah, you just can't get rid of writers. It can be a tool that you have your writers use, but you can't be like, oh, this is here now. Yeah. We don't need you anymore. Get out of here, writers. <laughs> and, and as you've alluded to, it does mean, of course, with this gap and with actors still on strike, there is going to be this kind of weird time when only specific movies are being made. For example, movies from A24, well, which yeah. were outside of the strike because basically they heard what the the unions wanted and they were like yep sure sounds good to us we'll sign <laughs> yep <laughs> so they've been allowed to keep making movies and yeah. keep promoting their movies and I've seen trailers for new stuff well yeah and a lot of like foreign productions UK productions were largely unaffected yep. however it's the big boys they're the ones who yeah. will they'll be affected for a little while yeah and especially because their actors are still on strike so a lot of the productions are back in production like things are there's a lot of films that are back yeah. being written and stuff like that. But they're still not going to be getting filmed until the actors also resolve their strike, which I'm sure they will with similar results of just like better minimum pay for people at the bottom. You know, better rights, which is which is good and it will happen. But I, in, in a year, maybe two years, we will start seeing the trash seasons of TV and the trash films come out that were... More trash. Yeah, that were... Ev- like It's like COVID, but worse. It's like the COVID productions, but even worse. We're going to have that happen sometime soon. We're going to get to enjoy. Mm. And maybe some very good TV shows will be completely ruined by this gap. And that's just a... That's just a... That's a cost that could have been avoided if all of the other studios negotiated sooner. Okay, penultimately, we're going, going to revisit a story which okay. we talked about for several years and finally has reached a conclusion. Glasgow All right. has now been given the go-ahead to open the first drug consumption room in the UK. All right. Happy days. So this means now, yeah. after the... I, I believe we may have mentioned the quotes... We did, yeah. ...which was from the Lord Advocate who said that if there was a space where users were taking drugs safely, it would not be in the public interest to prosecute. Yes. That then meant that at a meeting of uh, a joint committee of NHS and council officials, it was given the go-ahead. A place where people can safely inject drugs, supervised with... And dispose of drugs. Basically, it's all done in a clean, sanitary environment under the supervision of health professionals. And this has been discussed for years. And finally, yeah. they found a way around it because the Home Office basically said, no, you can't do it. And so instead, Scotland's most senior law officer said, uh, well, we're just not going to prosecute them. We won't prosecute. So, yeah. shove it. 
which is a huge it's a huge step it, it really is and like obviously any new thing any new project like this you have there's a lot of stages to it you've got to be very careful around the impacts on the area of you know yeah, yeah. uh having a, a lot of people get high in one specific place. Uh, there are things to consider and things to be careful of. It's not just like, hey, this this room is cool now. Everybody come here and everything's easy. This is going to be a long process of making sure that it's done correctly and done right. But we will see a reduction in the overall harm that, that drugs are doing to the people of these populations. Yep. And hopefully other cities can follow. And I believe there are mm-hmm. talking about following in the footsteps. Certainly are. Um, and hopefully we see a much better situation for the nation uh, soon. It's, it's great to see progress on this after complaining about it for years. Yeah. Again, just to revisit this, this is largely due to the fact that Scotland's drug death rates are three times higher than the UK as a whole. And Glasgow, highest in the EU by a long way. Yep, yeah. And Glasgow has the highest rate of these drug misuse deaths in Scotland over the last uh, four years. So Glasgow first and many more yeah, to come. Yeah, it turns out if you deprive a nation, people go and take a lot of drugs. Imagine. How about that? Who knew? Okay, let's finish up by talking about... You know what? At the appropriate time, what we've watched. I remembered something right now. What? About Scotland. What? I saw a headline that said, Scotland's uh, child payment policy is keeping uh, child uh, destitution at a in- increasing at a slower pace than the rest of the UK. That's a long headline. <laughs> But yeah, I don't remember the actual headline, but it's just like, hey, we give our people with children some money and therefore they are getting destitute at a slower rate (laughs) than the rest of the UK. And it's like, okay, that's a great thing, but also very sad. Yeah, like good, good for us. But still, the fact that the headline is that we're not doing as bad. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I'm going to tell you very briefly about the final two seasons of Better Call Saul, which we have finally finished. And I was satisfied with okay. the final two seasons of the show because you've watched more than me now I've not watched the last season season five finally kicked into gear of okay. Saul there, I still would have liked a little bit more maybe like two seasons yeah and, and maybe showing us with some actual cases and clients because essentially where they left it where they left it was him and his introduction into Breaking Bad so which I get but I don't know. I just would have liked to spend more time uh, you, with him. You, you got this feeling that he was Saul for a bit longer. Yeah. When you watch Breaking Bad, you're like, oh, this guy's been scummy lawyer for He's a been while. Doing it for ages. But, just, <laughs> yep. but the transition from Better Call Saul to Breaking Bad is just like, oh, he's done this thing. Oh, and now he's that guy. Yeah. And also there was parts of it where obviously the f- main focal relationship in the show is Saul and Kim. Yeah. And seeing... Who's maybe getting a spin-off. Oh, really? Okay. Well... There was, there's been chatter. I thought she was great, Ray Seahorn. Yeah. And she's a yeah, fantastic performer. However, some of the things her character did, I could see how they were attempting to justify it with various flashbacks and even shots of her as a child and various oh, slow... They started adding character history yeah. in season five. I just, I I just felt like some of the motivations weren't her. She was too busy one season doing all this pro bono work helping teenagers to avoid going to jail. Then the next episode, she's busy framing her old boss, Howard Hamlin, as a prostitute using cocaine addict. Yeah, yeah, And I couldn't square... I know that people do terrible things and have these squeaky clean squeaky clean lifestyles, but I couldn't square that hole 
for the character. The character that, that was being per- portrayed up to that point. And I get she has a breaking point, and that's why she's absent and breaking yeah, bad. Yeah. But I don't know. I just didn't buy it. Didn't buy it. And I thought that. She was blinded by love. Whereas I can see whether it's Jimmy slash Saul slash whomever. Jimmy. Aye. His arc. And the way in which his character is, is eventually brought down made perfect sense. Yeah, made absolutely yeah, yeah, perfect sense yeah. because you see the progress and the slow moral decline of this guy over this show, but also in Breaking Bad. And by the time he gets what's coming to him, you think, "Yep, that's that, exactly yeah. where how I thought this was going to go." And if this was, if you were a real guy, that's exactly how this would have gone. So in that regard. I thought he was a very well-written, very well-fleshed-out character, and Bob Odenkirk is the perfect person to play Saul. Oh, it's incredible. And I would... Look, if you if you really liked Breaking Bad, I don't think Better Call Saul is a better show by any stretch. Okay. But it is a good... It's a good show. It's a well-written, entertaining, fun show. It's a little slow to get off the mark for my liking. However... It does the job. You get to know these characters. It fills in so many areas of grey within Breaking Bad. Lots of nice cameos as well. So yeah, worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah. What about you, James? What have you watched? Uh, I've watched so many things. Obviously, <laughs> uh, I take a little break every now and then from my not stop work, and I watch an episode of a thing. So I've watched nice. a lot of stuff. I need to do that because um, it is really good to take a break. Be like, I, I'm not saying I sometimes I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dawdling. I get work done better if I take breaks. So I do, and I watch. I watch shows. So I have finished. Sure. Yep. All the seasons of Broadchurch. Oh, is this the UK or the US version? <laughs> UK. I would never watch the US version. I've seen a clip of Tennant trying David to Tenen. be American in that, and it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the best. All right, UK version. What do you think? UK version. Okay, so I think we've. I think we've had a review of this before. I don't think we have. Not us. I think was it. I don't. I, th- I feel like ML talked about Broadchurch. Oh, maybe. All right. If I'm lying we'll and I'm, I've just dreamed it, then ML, I enjoyed your review in my dream. Uh, uh, but no, okay. I, I watched this. What did you think? I've been, I'd, I'd heard a lot of rave reviews about this for years and years, and I managed to dodge spoilers, dodge the show in general, and I finally watched it. It's on the ITV player, which, by the way, free if you watch adverts. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> ad blockers might work. Uh, <clears throat> and honestly, I was a little bit disappointed, uh, but I loved it. Okay. So just to be clear, acting for almost every single character is so good, especially for like British telly. You know, it's it's transcending British telly acting. The 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 uh, the characters gel so well together. The chemistry across most of the interactions is so good, and it's down to the acting there are a couple of people who i'm like oh they can't really act but it's british tv so you you expect that for some of the minor characters you're like oh man you got that job because people knew your name but the <laughs> okay. the writing wasn't as good the writing wasn't as good as, as the actors deserved the actors deserved a, a a slightly better script i'm gonna say with a slightly better plan is olivia coleman in this Tennant, Coleman. Wow, okay. Wait, That's a is, great... is it jodie foster have i got the wrong name is that the last doctor jodie foster i think was in like all these 80s and 90s action yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whitaker. Death Wish, stuff like that. Whitaker, yeah, Whitaker. Let's say Whitaker. I don't know. Jodie, the Doctor, she's in it. And like, there's a bunch of names that you'd know, a bunch of people you'd know. Um, quite a lot of them are on Doctor Who, actually, um, obviously. This show, it was developed by... Chibnall. Chibnall. He did Doctor Who as well. And oh, yeah. I think he's very good at having a concept and then very poor at executing it. So... Uh, each season is interesting. 
the season one is a classic whodunit kind of a thing. And then somebody done it. And then season two, instead of being like a new whodunit, is kind of like a courtroom drama. Oh. Smashed up with a whodunit, a kind of, but in the past, but right. revisiting it. Okay. And then season three is a bit of a whodunit, but it's about uh, not about a murder. It's about uh, assault, um, a sexual assault. And each season has its weaknesses. Season one, they spend a lot. They spend a lot of time setting up all of the all of the uh, red herrings, and they kind of forget to develop the Classic. actual who done it done it um, to a to a degree. Um, it wasn't too surprising. I think they did enough uh, foreshadowing to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I see that. I see what they did there. And then season two, they just got all the court stuff so wrong. I was insulted. I know how the courts work vaguely and even i was like oh this is just unbelievably bad um so they just needed to spend more time writing it they they wrote the whole season for its moments rather than for its story Um, and then season three the subplot there was a subplot of just like porn is bad and it makes people do evil things and i was like "Eh." okay i thought that we got over that i thought we were past that point of view by the time this show was made pretty recent i think the show was made in the teens the 20 teens and i i feel like porn is bad and uh it makes people do evil things was a was a was was over with as a discussion point on in the nation by then uh so each season it had its disappointments uh but again the acting uh was was so good that it transcended and i was very pleased with it overall okay thank you you can delete most of that review just leave sure the last part thing. in. <laughs> okay, if you have watched anything, you can, of course, send it to us, as Anthony has done, as an audio recording. Ah. Oh. And this All right. is, a, is a review of The Diplomat. So take it away, Anthony. Hi, Seesaw Parade. Anthony here, and I'm back with a review for a new Netflix series, The Diplomat. Hello. This UK-US political drama kicks off with tensions after a UK warship is attacked in the Persian Gulf. And a new American ambassador to the UK is appointed to defuse the situation. Uh-huh. Kate Weiler, played by the phenomenal Carrie Russell, assumes this role and wrestles with the ceremonial nature of the job as well as operating within the typical playbooks of diplomacy. She is supported and tested by her mouthy husband, Hal, played by Rufus Sewell, who has previously served as an ambassador and now has trouble staying out of the limelight. Casting for these two roles, as well as for all of the supporting cast, is simply perfect. And the writing is brilliant. There's so many facets and nuances to the plot that keeps the viewers engaged and guessing right up to the uh, explosive end of Series 1. And thankfully, Netflix has greenlit season two, uh, Series 2, and now that the writer's strike is settled... I hope they can continue to keep Uh, the show and writing just as fresh and thrilling um, for this upcoming series. I really can't give you any more plot details without spoiling the show, so just go and watch it. You'll be hooked. Well, there we go. Thank you very much, Anthony. I I actually do want to go and watch that, particularly when I heard Rufus Sewell, who I'm pretty sure was the villain in basically every movie I ever saw in the late 90s, early 2000s. Ah, I think I first saw him in oh. A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. <gasps> That's that Rufus Sewell, who now obviously is, is transitioning into a different kind of role. He's transitioning into a different type of role. Yeah. Hello. Hello, you're back. He's transitioning from the bad guy in older films to something else now. Congrats. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he was also in Legend of Zorro. You should you should you should take a lesson. It's never too late to to transition your career into something similar but more focused. It's never too late to transition. 
<laughs> true. Very <laughs> real and true. Okay. If you, dear listener, have uh, I've did the, I've did this bit already. I'm going to do it again. If you've watched something you want to talk about it, tell us. Seasoperate at gmail.com. I've actually got more reviews to play next week or next time or next month, whenever it is we come back. So <laughs> thank you very much. And I'm gonna, I am genuinely going to add uh, The Diplomat. I'm going to look up a trailer, which will be loading by uh, the time I export this episode. So um, Nice. Yep. All right. James, anything else to add? I mean, there's loads to add, but let's just... We missed a lot of smaller and other news. If, if <laughs> any of you think we missed something important that you'd like to hear about, yep. let us know. But also keep in mind, we might not be a current events show for very long. <laughs> it's very tiring. It's, it's actually a bit depressing uh, ever since. Well, particular, yeah, particularly just when I've... This year has just... It needs to go in the bin. You know what? The last however many Maybe years Maybe we'll do. still do some, but not as often, okay? Sure. Okay. That's a that good, sounds like a good compromise. You know what? That's a good idea. Yeah. Compromise. Yeah. Love it. All right. Be well. Take it. Let's hope the world is equally... Actually, that's a silly thing to say. The world will be equally as depressing. I, I summon peace on Earth. <laughs> I'm going to use my powers that I've kept hidden this whole time. I summon alcohol. Oh, wow. All right. See you later. Yep. Bye-bye.